Heritage Golf Course in Eau Claire. And uh, glad you're with us. But if you are, uh, th- I can't believe it's August. I, I woke up today and I drove out early this morning and I started kind of putting stuff together for the show today. And I always do the date. And I thought, oh, my God, I can't believe it's August. It's just, it's stunning. It's only going to be a few months. And we're going to be talking about cold weather and and it sucks because uh, I love summer. I love I love heat, humidity. I love it all. And uh, just like last night, we were sitting out back on the patio out by the Tiki Bar watching TV. And on the outside, I wanted to go out and get warm. I wanted the humidity. And But the inside of the house, cool, 71 degrees, perfect, low humidity. That's part, partially due in part because of my pillow windows and doors from Wisconsin. And uh, I love them. I talk about them all the time. And right now, uh, in this month of August, they have all kinds of great specials. But you can't do anything if you don't call, if you don't pick up your phone. If you don't go to the Internet, go to PellaWI.com. That's PellaWI.com. Again, PellaWI.com. And see for yourself or call them, 855-PELLA-WI. They will come out, show you the windows and such, different hardware, different interior, different exterior, things to match your home. It beautifies your home. It adds value to your home. I mean, I can go on and on and on for all the attributes. But the bottom line is is they work, and they work fine, and they're secure. And at night when you lay your head on your pillow, you can say, you know what, nobody's, nobody's getting in here unless they throw bricks and rocks and drive through my windows. It's just it's not happening. So you got security, you got peace of mind, you got value. All of that adds up to Pella, P-E-L-L-A. Go to PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com, Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, and tell them we sent you good stuff from our friends over there at Pella. Um, so Michael says that, uh, Ken Rosenthal just tweeted that the Brewers are dealing Josh Hader. Are we, uh, Ben, is this true? I was going to wait until the ad read was over, but yes, Jeff Passan also confirms the Milwaukee Brewers have traded closer Josh Hader to the San Diego Padres. It just doesn't sound right to me. 877-867-1670-877-867-1670. Uh, Jeff Passon saying that uh, the the Brewers are indeed trading star reliever Josh Hader to the Padres. The return on Hader to Milwaukee is significant. The left-handed closer Tyrone or Taylor Rogers, lefty pitching prospect Robert Gasser, outfielder uh, Ruiz, and right-hander uh, Danielson Lamette. Uh, telling ESPN, Hater's going to be a free agent after the 2023 season. Um, I, I'm just opening the phone lines. Josh Hader traded away. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. I, go ahead. Do you think it's right to kind of be angry in a way that Ken Rosenthal, when he was writing about why Hater could be on the move said his $11 million salary will likely increase to 16 million next season. Like that $5 million, God forbid. And they have to pay him later. Is it right to be mad that I, they feel like they have to move a guy. I'm not happy about this. And I said this all along that you are in essence, weakening your team. You've weakened your team. Um, that that's my thought because you get, the left-handed closer, Taylor Rogers. Okay, so you figure you're trying to to do this. You get a pitching prospect in Robert Gasser. 
the outfielder in Ruiz and a right-hander. So you get three guys that can contribute now for one guy that you're sending out who has been, for the most part, since the day he walked through the door, a sure thing. I, I, I'm, maybe I need to be talked off the ledge on this one. Gasser is their seventh ranked prospect for the record. Yeah. None of the top guys were traded. I, but, but my argument is I don't give a damn about prospects. I never have. In Major League Baseball, prospects are Nick Neugebauer was the top prospect in the Brewers organization. He didn't, and I'm not knocking Nick, but he didn't do anything. I, I don't care about prospects. You know, in, unless they're just lighting it up and they've had these brief stints in the show that they've just been on fire and they just didn't have room for them and had to send them back down and just to, to keep them, you know, sharp. I, I, I man, I, I just, I don't like the deal. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't like the deal. And I've said this all along. What if Hader turns out to be Mariano Rivera and you traded him away because of five grand? Because you didn't want to pay the guy? That it, it just it, – this to me is just a reminder that you're the Milwaukee Brewers. Doesn't it, doesn't it kind of feel like that? It does. And you look at the Padres, they still have the prospects to go get Soto, where you see the differences in these organizations and where they're at. I, I, you know, man, I'm a little bit surprised. They got a good closer and a couple other good pieces. And, um, so maybe this will turn out to be a great deal. It just it, it just makes me feel bad that the Brewers have to constantly look at the monetary aspect of things and say, well, we can't afford this guy. Because otherwise, you why you bring it up? I just, sitting here right now, cannot fathom how the Brewers did not get any of their top five prospects. And I know I agree with your prospect thing, but you look at what the Padres are trying to do and what Hater instantly brings. Like, Araldis Chapman was traded back in 2016 to the Cubs from the Yankees, and the Yankees got the Cubs' top prospect. Like, that's usually, that's the precedent for these deals, for these big-time relievers. Yet, they got the number seven one, and then a couple aging veterans and one failed prospect. I don't like it. Yeah, I'm... Uh, yeah... Um. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see if this ends up panning out. Uh, the reaction to this, Johnny says this is somewhat surprising. Uh, AJ says they got a good closer in return and a couple other good pieces. Apparently, they knew they weren't going to keep Hater after twenty twenty three, which is sad. Um, this one's from uh, this is from Jason who said uh, I think they got a couple of nice pieces, but it still makes me sad. The Brewers just can't afford to keep their own players. Why bring them up in the system? Um, this one's from Sandra, who says, we'll get off on prospects. That's fine. Um, I just have never been a big fan of saying prospects. Because prospects mean you haven't done anything. And until you do, 
You're you're hope. You're nothing more than hope. I mean, I hope he does turn out. Um. So it is what it is. Um. This is from Brett, who says the cheap owner hurts the Brewers fans again. Um. Jake says, I don't follow baseball enough to know trade values, but it seems like the Brewers got completely fleeced. Matt says, this is a bad deal. Once again, Milwaukee has to give up a quality player because they can't afford to pay him. Mark Antanasio, please, for the love of God, sell this team to somebody who wants to put money into it. I don't agree with that. Uh, Patrick says, uh, I am disappointed to see Hader go, but let's hope what they got in return pans out. This team is making a stretch run. Uh, and then this one, uh, Trish says, what does this do to the clubhouse? Seeing a guy who's been popular like Hater now leave because he was simply not going to be paid, doesn't that feel like a kick to the gut? It does. If you're a player in that locker room that's going to make big money, if you're Burns, if you're Woodruff, if you're Peralta, if you're some of these other guys that are sitting there going, you know what, I'm not bad, and I'm hoping to get some kind of a contract, keep the band together, keep all those feeling moving forward, and then you know that, like you had said, for another year for five million bucks, they just don't want to pay you. That's that's kind of a kick to the gut. Ty says I'm a little sad and a little bit upset. Uh, Randall says uh, just another bad deal for the Milwaukee Brewers. Just another year where they're going to be close but no cigar. Um, I do have one question. Yeah, that I guess this is set to the public. Are we at the point where? we see moves like this and we are taught to trust the brewers front office because more times than not, they're right. See, that's a great point because is, is for those that say David Stearns got fleeced in all of this, as we had heard before, uh, for people that say that, you know, again, the brewers can't do anything. David Stearns has proven to be a pretty good general manager. So I think today is a day of emotion because Josh Hader's been such a staple for this team and a likable figure. Let's be honest. He's been a likable figure. So I I think as much as – the prospect thing I take out of this, what they did was they got deeper via their pen and they found a, a what they believed to be another bat and center fielder. You know what I mean? So if you, if you look at it for what they got – it's not a bad deal for the Brewers uh, numerically. And now I haven't sat down and analyzed every portion of this, but it's not a terrible deal for the Brewers. I don't like you it, know? but maybe I put more stock into the prospects. It's just, I don't remember the Andrew Miller, Araldis Chapman deadline from 2016 with the Cubs mm-hmm. and the then Indians. And those guys went for some of the top prospects in the system. Like one of them was Glaber Torres, who has been one of the Yankees right. core guys for a while. But I do kind of feel that, you know, I've trusted, I've learned, excuse me, to trust what Stearns does. And when I said, and I tweeted this out, I said, you know, i got to admit I'm a little unhappy. I'm not saying I'm unhappy about the deal. I'm just unhappy we're losing Josh Hader. It's just more of a sentimental, emotional thing than it is a a logical thing. Uh, If you look at it, uh, Josh Hader, six years in Milwaukee, 541 strikeouts in 316 career appearances, which means... 15.4 Ks per nine innings is what he's averaging, which is a huge number. Four all-star appearances and 125 saves in his time as a Milwaukee Brewer. That's, that's, That's some accomplishment, man. That's some accomplishment. Lucas says, not surprised by this at all. Hater has been rocky at best last month. 
we got four key pieces in return that could be, in fact, part of another trade. Uh, but we'll see. Roll crew. Love the show. Um, you, yeah, you got four pieces. And, again, I, I'm, I've am i never been one to say. Then again, you know what? David Stearns has made deals and brought guys into the system, and they ended up panning out. So let's hope that this happens yet again. Uh, so for if you're just tuning us in, Josh Hader has been dealt and traded away. I'm a little shocked by this, but he has been dealt and traded away. He has been traded to the San Diego Padres for four other players, three of which are major league one is their seventh-rated player in their farm system. I'm going to go ahead and take a quick break. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome, hour number four of the Bill Michael Show, and we are live. We're out here in Oak. Beautiful Eau Claire, hanging out, enjoying the weather. It's warmed up significantly from the 69 that it was a little bit earlier today when the clouds covered the area, and now uh, it's broken, basically blue skies, some white puffy clouds floating around, and uh, a nice day. Uh, but if you're a Brewers fan, maybe you're a little sad just for the fact that Josh Hader has indeed been traded to the San Diego Padres for four additional players. So we'll talk more about that coming up here in just a bit. Um, so hang in there. Uh, but I, I do want to talk some more Packers football. Joining us now on the hotline, Peter Bukowski, Locked On Packers podcast, at Peter underscore Bukowski, joining us. Pete, how you been, buddy? I'm, I'm good. It's been a it's been a busy day. Um, it's like, oh, yeah, that's right, the Packers practice today. But there, there's, there's right. been a lot going on. Yeah, it's uh, we are in the throes of uh, of news, I guess, for lack of a better term. You got Deshaun Watson today, the ruling being handed down, and and uh, the uh, the ruling basically chastising both the NFL and Watson uh, when you saw the explanation. And then on the other hand, you got the Brewers making news with the trade of uh, Josh Hader. In the meantime, the Green Bay Packers threw the shoulder pads on today. So early on in camp, uh, first of all, what have you seen? What are your thoughts? Give me that first of all. Well, I think the, the thing that we always have to remember is the defense is going to be ahead of the offense. And so when you hear offensive players standing out, it should make you stand up and take notice a little bit, especially when it's a rookie. So someone like Romeo Dubs, or who has been you know, the talk of training camp, him standing out early, I, I think really speaks to um, his talent and his ability. And, and, and I think Packer fans should rightly be really excited about what he could be. Um, the, the fit that he brings. Um, but that being said, over the last couple of days, it's been it's been defense, defense, defense. And the defense looks fast. I mean, when was the last time, Bill, this defense looked fast? And that's exactly right. what it is. I mean, you, you saw it in flashes last year, especially when Devondre Campbell was really humming when you had Jair Alexander out there. We saw it in full force in that 49ers game against a team that can make you look slow. The 49ers, we think of them as this power run team. But think of two years ago. In, in the NFC Championship game, mm-hmm. when the 49ers made them look slow. Um, and it's because of what they can do downhill and sideline to sideline. Well, the Packers have, have really made some changes there. That's what Quay Walker is about. That's what Devontae Wyatt is about. That's what bringing in someone like Devondre Campbell is. Eric Stokes runs 4-2. I mean, they, they have added so much speed to this defense that for all the questions about the receiver position, 
Um, the, the early returns on this defense, and we're going to see it, I think, more as the pads come on. You mentioned the shoulder pads today, full pads tomorrow. It's not a coincidence that all of a sudden you're seeing Jerron Reed's name pop up. You're seeing Devontae Wyatt's name pop up because these trench players, they're going to start to show up once the pads come on. Um, uh, you go back to the speed side of things. I know you talked about Devontae Campbell, but from what I understand and what I've seen, Preston Smith looks quick and Rashawn Gary really looks quick. I mean, you talk about even getting faster or quicker off the line from what we saw last year. It looks like both of those guys have gained a step, doesn't it? I think I think Rashawn Gary, the thing about Rashawn Gary is it the physical tools were always there. They needed to be focused in the right direction and they needed to be used properly. And one of the really cool things Joe Barry did last year was he said, all right, enough of trying to make Rashawn Gary PJ Watt or someone who's going to really bend the edge and, and get skinny and, and slither around the corner. Let's widen his alignment and let's let him just run through offensive tackles chest. And it turns out when you give someone who's 6'5", 270, that has the kind of get-off that he does, that has the kind of upper body strength that he does, all of a sudden he becomes a real problem. And then when you, when you add in the work ethic that he has to get better, um, I was talking to Eddie McGilvera, who, who works with Kenny Clark regularly, but also has had Rashawn Gary out there for a tune-up and, and Devontae Wyatt and some of these other guys out there. The, the hand usage is the latest thing in the arsenal. And now it's, it's not that he didn't know what he was doing out there before. Now it's, it's a lot more just natural to say, okay, I've got these handful of pass rush moves. I'm just going to throw them. I'm just going to use, I'm just going to throw my hands here. I just know instinctively what to do with my hands. If an offensive lineman quick sets me here, okay, now I have this counter in his arsenal. And I think what it's doing is his preparedness and his experience has now allowed him to just play. And when you can do that with someone with his physical tools, he looks faster. He looks more explosive. He looks more dynamic. Even though the tools have always been there, he's finding a way to focus them now. And, and I've been saying this all offseason. This is the year of the Rashawn Gary ascension into legitimate star range. I thought he was a Pro Bowl caliber player last year. Um, did not make the Pro Bowl. I think I, I think there there won't be any question this year if he stays healthy that he will absolutely be a Pro Bowl player. His gifts are incredible. The and Mike Clemens was on earlier, and the only concern is the depth at linebacker, the depth specifically at the outside linebacker position on this team. Um, you know, we all know they're solid up front. They've obviously added Devontae Wyatt, who you mentioned, Jerron Reed. You're hoping that T.J. Slayton takes that next step. But when it comes to the outside rush, man, you're thin. You you got Preston Smith, obviously, Rashawn Gary, uh, Anangbari, uh, but you really don't have much after that. You know what I mean? Typically, uh, you, 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 boy, you're, really, yeah. you're, you're starting to reach, man, if those guys go down. Yeah, I, I think I think Barry is someone who can come in right away and be a part of your rotation. I, I have, I was an early Jonathan Garvin um, player. I thought he had some nice potential, and we just never really saw it come together. Now he's still a young player, and, and maybe he's able to to make some improvements. But I just I didn't see the physical kind of of makeup that I wanted to see early in his career. I, I think Barry can can be a nice rotational player, but I, I think what's going to have to happen is. It's going to be a little bit like Odell Beckham Jr. 
there is going to be one of these pass rushers, these veterans, like last year, Whitney Merciless, gets bought out and he gets to decide where he wants to go. And the Rams are probably going to be in the market for a pass rusher because they're one short. They actually don't even have two quality edge guys to play. Luckily, the Packers do. Um, and so I think that they're going to be, I even in my in my 53-man uh, projection for the leap, um, I, I put in a veteran TBD on outside linebacker because I just assume at some point, maybe even before the season starts, someone will be brought in as a veteran to play there. The, the Packers are just waiting um, to, to bolster that spot. Last year, uh, they did it out of necessity, right? Zadarius Smith gets hurt, uh, and you just didn't have anybody else. Rashawn Gary was dealing with um, some injuries early, so you had to go get Whitney Merciless. I, I think I think they, they would be wise to be uh, proactive in that situation. The question is, who is it going to be, and, and can they actually move the needle for you? Now, if you don't have major injuries, if Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary play 17 games, you're fine. You're fine with them playing 80% of snaps. But if one of them gets hurt, yeah, you're right. Now, all of a sudden, you have real issues um, with your pass rush, and you hope um, that the coverage would give you the chance to mitigate some of those issues just because if the quarterback has to hold it that extra half second, now you're giving your front that extra half second to get into the quarterback's lap. The uh, the wide receiving core, which we've talked a lot about, I said at the beginning of the season, now I didn't anticipate Christian Watson having knee surgery by any stretch, but I said, look, the guy that I thought would be the impact player this year that I thought had more right now ability was Dubs, and, and he's turning out to be that guy, not because Christian Watson just is, is down with a knee injury, but I think Dubs had a little more polish to him, and do you see him... I mean, I know we're talking about Sammy Watkins and maybe picking up for what, you know, Devonta Adams left behind, we'll say, when it comes to catches. But I see Dubs becoming, him and Alan Lazard becoming maybe the two go-to guys for Aaron Rodgers, even over Sammy Watkins. Do you? So I, I think there is what the intended plan is and then what will end up happening. I think the plan is for Sammy Watkins to be that guy. But you and I agree on, on the situation with Dubs. Um, I, I said on my show really immediately, I, I thought that I thought Christian Watson had more potential. He's got more talent. He's got more ability. And I think in a year or two, he can be a really good player. I think he has the potential to be a true number one in this Packers offense. But I think that Romeo Dobbs has more ability and more polish to be ready right away. And I think that that is, that is so far borne out. Now, on the other hand, um, the Packers love Christian Watson. They love, love, love him. Uh, Matt LaFleur raved about how quickly he picked up what they were doing in the spring in OTAs, how quickly he got on the same page with Aaron Rodgers. That being said, um, I don't know about you, Bill, but when Aaron Rodgers said, I, I like production over potential, I felt like that was aimed directly at Christian Watson <laughs> because he was mm -hmm. a pick that felt very much like a potential over production because he produced very little in college. Part of that is the offense that he was running. Um, so maybe he's a little bit more behind the eight ball there and now being hurt, you know, now coming off the, he had a, he had a cleanup surgery, um, coming out of the, or had an injury coming out of OTAs, um, trying to work his way back that, that you need, you need these reps with Aaron Rodgers. You need Aaron Rodgers to trust you. And we're already seeing, um, Rogers do the thing that he loves to do. And that is, eh, let me take some risks here in training camp and see who I can trust and who I can't had one to Juwan Winfrey on one, I think the second or third day of practice where it was just like, I'm just going to chuck this down there and see if Juwan Winfrey can make a play. And guess what he did. 
Um, if you're not getting those opportunities with Aaron Rodgers, uh, it's going to be a longer road for him to to earn that kind of trust. That being said, the physical gifts for Christian Watson are just – I mean, we haven't seen someone like this with the Packers, uh, coincidentally, since Javon Walker. I don't think we've, we've seen someone that has his ability, his size, his speed, his run-after-catch ability – um, not to, not to say he's going to be the best receiver of the last 20 years for the Packers, but I just think physically we haven't seen someone with his gifts in a long, long time. And with Aaron Rodgers, you know, that's not going to be enough. You, you have to be, you have to be in the right places at the right time. Go ask Jeff Janice if tools are enough. They're mm-hmm. not. Um, and, so, and the quarterback so let me ask you him, this real quick. Cause I, I, I want to go to the Christian Watson one more thing. Cause you brought something up and I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on it when he said, I'll take production over, over, you know, the, the future, over the potential. My, and, and we talked about Christian Watson being down now, but then I, 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 I find myself literally getting mad because I'm thinking to myself, you would know what this guy had if you were there at these OTAs working with this guy. And building that relationship rather than saying, learn from Randall Cobb, I'll see you when I see you, and now he's down with an injury because then you had just said it. Then he's got to come back and he's got to earn the trust. Had Aaron Rodgers been there, he actually would have known a little bit more about the kid at this point rather than saying he's just a guy with potential, so therefore I'm not going to trust him yet. You know what I mean? That 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 in its essence pisses me off. I'm, I'm, I, I have to tell you, I was smiling listening to you, to you say that because you are, you are so absolutely right. And I, and I thought it was interesting. Um, I had um, Kirsten Moran on. She, she covered the, the Wolfpack for uh, Nevada Sportsnet. And, and when Rodgers was, was in Tahoe for the ACC championship, she asked him, so what do you think of Romeo Dobbs? And he said, well, I've only met him the one time. And that was because he was at mandatory minicamps. And, and this is exactly to your point. There were weeks, I think three weeks of OTAs where Rodgers could have been helping get these guys ready and not don't, don't go to the, the Randall Cobb school, which is, you know, a fine school. It's a, it's a middle tier school. I went to Syracuse. Let's, let's put it there. It's a Syracuse school, but, but Aaron Rodgers school, that's an Ivy league school. You need, you need that education. You need, you need Aaron Rodgers one Oh one. And, and to not have that, I think you're, I think you're, uh, I don't want to say hurting the team, but you're certainly preventing your guys to be maximally ready. And and Matt LaFleur talked about it today when he was asked about what, you know, what, what the concern was for Christian Watson. And he mentioned, look, there are things at the line of scrimmage that our quarterbacks are going to do that you can't simulate in a meeting. And you can't just on the sidelines be watching. You have to be out there. You have to see it through these eyes. And to not have that is essential. And, and for Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's going to say, well, it's more important for me to, to not have those those miles put on my arm, Matt Lafleur said it looked like he'd been throwing all off season. I don't think he was, because he needed the rest. And that's Aaron Rodgers taking care of his body. And and you know I think we have to trust him on that part of it. But at the same time, there is of course value in having had him there. Um, had he been there, he wasn't. And so now you have set back the development of Christian Watson in a way that that did not have to happen had Aaron Rodgers actually been at these OTAs. Real quick before I let you go, we're talking with Peter Bukowski from the Locked On Packers podcast at Peter underscore Bukowski. Offensive line, somewhat of work in progress. They're moving around Zach Tom, Sean Ryan. They're trying to figure out what they're going to do with or without David Bakhtiari, obviously without Elton Jenkins. The offensive line, we don't talk about it because we just assume 
with Butkus and company, it's going to be good, you know, and Stenovich and everybody that's worked on that, that, that offensive line over the last couple of years. It's just whoever they put there turned out really, really well. But don't you have in the back of your mind like this genuine concern like, holy mackerel, if you don't have Bakhtiari and you don't have Elton Jenkins, the possibility of starting a rookie at a tackle position becomes very real. And you just hope to God that they these guys are good enough to be able to do so. Otherwise, that could derail your season in a heartbeat. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and it's week one against the Minnesota Vikings, a division rival that, that, know, that know what you want to do, that know who you want to be. You know, we'll see if, you know, Daniil Hunter, what the situation is there. Uh, luckily, that's not a team that is that is replete with pass rushers. But um, Zadarius Smith, you know, Zadarius Smith would love nothing more than to, to get after Aaron Rodgers in, in a week one game against a rookie tackle. So we saw David Bakhtiari, uh, uh, David Bakhtiari out there in the rehab group doing actual work on the field for the first time in a long time. Um, and I think that's a good sign. He seems to be in a good place about it. Um, I, I, I've talked to some people um the the level of concern in the building about david bakhtiari they're they're coincidentally being a little bit cagier about it publicly than privately is what i'll say um i I think they feel pretty good about where he is he feels pretty good about where he is he said he feels much better now than he did a year ago at this time which is which is very important because apparently he was not in a good place uh this time last year um so yeah then then it's how good is zach tom how good is Sean Ryan? Can Royce Newman play tackle? Um, so you're either starting Josh Nyman at left tackle and Royce Newman at right tackle, in which case Royce is not a rookie, but it's his first time starting at tackle. Or uh, you have Josh Nyman at right tackle, presumably where he'll play until Elton Jenkins gets back, and, and a rookie, uh, Zach Tom, at left tackle. Now, Tom has looked good early, um, and, and so that's a, that's a really nice place to be. Uh, I, I thought he had really good tape. I thought he was a day two kind of player. So you're, I think you're getting, you know, added value there. Maybe he's the next in a long line of fourth round hits um, for the Packers at offensive line, going back to TJ Lang and David Bakhtiari and Josh Sitton. And I still really like Sean Ryan, um, who, who I think can, can compete to win this year um, that, that right guard spot. But all that being said, you're absolutely right in, in the concern level um, of, of having to start rookies. Now, I am at the moment not concerned about that because I think David Bakhtiari is going to be out there. But that being said, I'm like Matt LaFleur. I, I said this last year. I said David Bakhtiari is going to play week one. And and let me tell you, uh, Twitter has not let me forget that I said that. Um, it turns out things you say on the Internet stay there for a while. So, um, <laughs> and and uh, that's that's uh, not, not always to my benefit <laughs> when I'm making those yeah, kinds no of Yeah, no doubt. Peter, good stuff as always, man. I appreciate it, and we will talk again soon as the uh, the preseason gets underway, okay? All right. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate it, buddy. Peter Bukowski, Locked On Packers podcast. You can find him at Peter underscore Bukowski, B-U-K-O-W-S-K-I. Find his stuff there. Good to get him on. For those that are just tuning us in, the breaking news of the day, the Milwaukee Brewers have indeed traded away Josh Hader to the San Diego Padres. We'll talk more about that when we come back. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at the Water Doctors. John Atley and the gang, H2, the letter O, doctors.com, H2, the letter O, doctors. Dot com. Terrific, terrific company, and they do a lot for veterans as well, which is another big reason that I I just uh, I can't sing their praises enough. Not only do I love the water softening system, it's the best I've ever had. I had two, not one, but two of the other majors that claim they're great, that claim their service is awesome. Both were dismal failures. I put the Connecticut system in my house. I have not worried about it since. It's been over almost 15 years now 
that I've had this system and it's absolutely fantastic. I love it and I wouldn't trade it for the world. I just, I'm a water drinker and I love water. I love uh, the, uh, the the cleanliness of the whole thing and the process and the fact that it doesn't use my electricity and I just I just love it. Uh, I love the water doctors. H2, the letter O, doctors.com. Get a hold of John. John Atlee's the owner. H2, the letter O, doctors.com. More of the Bill Michael Show, more of your reaction to Josh Hader being traded away to the San Diego Padres. That is coming up next on the Bill Michael Show. Hang in there. Stay tuned. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.